to the lesson now. Is that okay? Now, I know that some of you are looking, going, look at Pastor Chris. He is wearing jeans on Sunday morning on the stage. Well, I'm sorry to those of you that think that. This, this, I had to look, I want my youth to go, you know, he's not as old as he thinks he is. Or maybe it's the other way around. Anyway, I want to, I just really, guys, I want to first of all say thank you to Pastor for allowing me to do this. Um, It's really important that we give credit where credit's due. We have the best pastor. The best. Hands down. (laughs) I tell him every Sunday that I quit being a pastor. Every Sunday when he speaks. Because he just, he lays it down. He's the best communicator you'll ever meet. And what's really awesome is he's not only the best communicator as a pastor, but when you go and ask him any question, I can ask him financial, I can ask him personal, I can, and I'm telling you, he's going to communicate. Now, there's one thing I've learned. He don't give me a huge hug and a kiss on my neck. Have you ever met those pastors? Oh, it's so good. I see you. But those pastors love on you. Our pastor loves on you through his caring and through his words, and that's what I love the most because every time I need him, he's there. Amen. So let's give it. Give him a hand. Come on, let's give the pastor a hand. Now, um, today I'm, I've got a, uh, I've got a sermon lined up here that um, I'll be honest with you, um, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite type of sermon to speak, and you know why? Because I personally love come to Jesus sermons. Y'all know what that means? At the end, you give an altar call. That's my favorite. Why? I guess it's just kind of inbred in me. But as I was. I mean, I, even, I was like, come on, Lord, I need something for these, this group. And as I was coming together, I had a couple of sermons lined up, and the Lord said, listen, this is the one I want you to do. And I was like, for real? It's not my favorite. You know, like, that's a good one, but it ain't my favorite. And um, I believe, because he wants to teach us something, I believe that God has just a plan and we are a part of that plan. I believe it 100%. And when we come to church, God is able to impart on us because I don't know about you, but we can live busy lives. And even though we pray, even though we read the Word, sometimes we can just run through life a day, right? Have, are, is that me or is it just because of my age? But by the end of the day, I'm like, the day's gone already? I only got three out of my ten things done. This is crazy. So I'm going to do a lesson today called... Stop the statistics. Stop the statistics. Now, when I was at Lee University, um, I took a statistics class. And let me tell you, I absolutely did not like, almost could use the H word, hate, did that class. I did not like to go, one, it was at 8 o'clock in the morning. How many people know that's not a good time to go to class as a college student, am I right? And that's not the only reason, though, because we would get in there, and it was like just, it was, it was hard. Anybody know what I'm saying? Just let me see, raise your hands. That's me. I know what you're talking about, statistics. But let me tell you something. There was something about statistics that I did like. I, I, I admit, I did. You know what I liked? I liked reading the random, crazy, weird Statistics. Now, you're probably going, what's he talking about? I don't understand. Well, how about I give you some? Is that cool? And I'm old enough that I actually have to get readers. So here we go. Statistics like these are facts. Did you know that the human eye blinks an average of 4.2 million times a year? Or maybe this one. Or how about the fact that every average person eats approximately 1,500 pounds of food a year. Or maybe this one, what about taking into consideration that apples are more efficient than caffeine to keep you awake in the morning? 
Now, some of my, my coffee drinkers are going, I, I doubt that one. I doubt that one. The coffee is what? No, eat an apple. Watch what happens. I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's supposed to give you more energy. Um, actually, let me, I, I love Google now that Google's out. I'm one of those kids, um, the old kids, actually. But I love Google. Let me tell you what Google taught me. Listen to this. Every seven minutes, Walmart generates $3 million in revenue. Let me read that one again. Every seven minutes, Walmart generates $3 million in revenue. Um, I was like, man, I wish I knew Sam Walton. You know, I could just be like, hey, you know, I need like $1 million. And it would only be like, you know, three minutes of your time. In a game of bridge, there are exactly 635,013,559,599 possible hands. Now, some of you are going, what's bridge? It's a card game. All right, it takes 492 seconds for the sunlight to reach the earth. More than 10% of the world's salt is actually used to de-ice the American roads. Um, maybe those facts and statistics don't interest you. Maybe these do. Every year, approximately 10 people are killed by vending machines. <laughs> I, got, I got a few more. I, I just have to go through these. This is the stuff I liked about statistics. It, this is why I didn't do so well in statistics. All right. An average of 100 people this year will choke on a ballpoint pen. I'm not done. We still got some more. It's really crazy. Uh, in U.S. emergency rooms, now listen to this. This one, my wife won't even believe this. In U.S. emergency rooms, over 6,000 people check in with pillow-related injuries. A what kind of pillow fight is that is what I'm wondering. 6,000 people checking it. I was like, what kind? They must have one of them purple pillows or something. You know what I'm talking about? All right. Over 50,000 people each year are injured by jewelry. Now, listen, I got to stop there. Injured by jewelry? Come on. And I wondered why I didn't buy my wife jewelry. That is why. Sarah, there you go. That's my, you might get hurt because that's what this says. I'm just going to keep giving you a flower. Um which I didn't look up flowers. We probably got some crazy statistics there. But this morning, I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge. It's this. It's stop the statistic. Not the ones that we mentioned above, which probably we should do, but I'm talking about really scary ones. And I want to read you those. Listen to these. Surveys by the Barna Group have repeatedly shown that a majority of 20-year-olds leave church often never to return. 25% of 18 to 29-year-olds believe that church demonizes everything outside of church, including the movies, music, culture, and technology that have come to define our generation. 20% of young adults say that God is absent in their church experience, which is Sunday morning. 25% of young adults say that faith is irrelevant. 33% of young adults say that church is boring, and ultimately 40 to 50 percent of young Christians fail to stick with their faith and connect with the church after high school. No matter if you believe those numbers or not, no matter if you think they're right or wrong, there's a serious thing happening right here in our church even, and that's the exodus of students leaving after youth group. Look around. Do you see the young college age in abundance? Look around. Do you see the young married couple 
And uh, I believe that these statistics are telling us something, that they are pre-warning us of something that's happening. And I believe without a doubt that we have a job to do. These numbers may not shock you, but they should raise up questions inside of you like, what can the church do to make this change? What can our youth pastor do? What can the pastor do? What can youth leaders, what can I do? should raise these questions up in your life. We need a lifelong faith that lasts. That's what we need. What if I told you that you could help? What if I told you that you actually had a role to play? Well, you personally and specifically could help stop the statistics. Check this out. Now, um, I'm going to be reading from the Word. Hopefully, they'll put them on the screens. If not, just listen. Listen, if you need the Scriptures, I can give them to you. But I want you to listen today wholeheartedly to these Scriptures. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Hmm. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This passage, guys is one of the most significant passages in the entire Old Testament. In fact, Jesus himself emphasized this passage during his ministry on earth. Mark 12, 28, 30. Listen to this. Mark 12, 28 through 30 says, One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is most important? Listen to this, guys. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must, here it is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. That's coming out of Jesus' own mouth. Now listen, I do want to tell you right now that parents are called by God to be the primary spiritual advisors, nurturers, and guides for their children. Not the pastor, not the youth pastor, not the leaders, not your Sunday school teacher, the parents. In terms of teaching children faith and helping youth develop lifelong faith that lasts, the responsibility falls first on the shoulders of the parents. I could definitely preach more on this, but that's not what I'm preaching on today. What I want to do is I want to move on and tell you how you can stop the statistic. The statistic that says that most students will turn their backs on God at some point. Now, um, what I'm about to do, this is something that I don't normally do. Normally, I'd, I'd take a scripture, and I, but I'm about to read to you several scriptures in a row. And then we're going to reflect on those. Is that Okay. So put your listening ears on. That's what I tell the little kids. Because we're about to go. We're about to dive head deep into this, all right? Matthew 21, 12 through 6. Listen to this, guys. 
That's Matthew 21, 12 through 6. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you read the scriptures? For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Okay, that's one. Listen to this. Psalms 8, 1 and 2 says, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Got another one. Mark 10, 13 through 16 says this. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Straight out of the, the Bible. So now I read all this to tell you one thing. All this scripture I've read was for one thing, and that's to let you know that Jesus loves children. Jesus loves youth. Jesus loves students. In fact, he had them all around him at all times. In these scriptures, you notice, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't have to come up with an analogy and say, hey, could you help me find a kid? And everybody's looking around up, go to the nursery, go to the... He had them so close that he was able to say, hey, come, come here, come here. Come here, come here. Let me, let me come here, let me, let me do this for you. He had kids all around him. He loved them. He reached out and a student was close by. And you know what's even crazier? Youth love to be near Jesus. Let me say that again. Youth love to be near Jesus. Now, I know some of you are like, I have to drag my kid to church. What are you talking about? No, I'm telling you, the more you bring them, the more they'll end up wanting to be here. And if they are involved, I'm kind of going ahead in my sermon, ain't I? If they're involved, they're going to want to be there. Matthew 18, I told you I'm going heavy scripture today. Matthew 18, 1 through 6 says this. Y'all ready? About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who has becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone, this is, this is heavy, and anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming who? Me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Whoa. Those are pretty strong words. One, humble yourself and become like a child. How many people have ever said, I'm glad I'm not, you know, so-and-so age? Oh, my Lord, I have said that so many times. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm glad I'm not 20. You know, I'd meet a kid. They'd come tell me some things they're going through, and I'm like, Praise the Lord, I'm not going through that. 
Praise the Lord that I've learned that that ain't important in my life. You know, there's so many things. But guess what? It even says here that we need to humble ourselves and become like children. The, the one that I really want you to understand is this. Anyone who welcomes a child is welcoming me. I want you to understand. Maybe I should explain this a little bit. Jesus says every time you receive a child in his name, you're receiving Jesus. When you show acceptance for a child, when you come alongside a family and child, you're helping Jesus. Just think about that. Like, every time I help somebody, every time I accept a child, all these things. Now, I know, um, I, I think about it. When I show love to a student, when I show, when I'm helping them, I'm helping who? Jesus. He wants you to think that way. He wants you to understand that way. And that might be where we need to change as a, as a church. Here, let me read one more scripture. Matthew 18.10 says, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of the Holy Father. I'm pretty sure most of us here are good people. <laughs> I've really, I have full confidence that we are not trying to trip up kids you know, into sin. Like that, that is not our intentions as a church. Um, but what's happening is, is we are neglecting some things. Did he just tell me I'm not doing something? Well, it's by default. We're not choosing to because you're a good person. I understand that. Like we're not going to do the stumbling block thing. We're not going to say, oh, and push him off the cliff, right? No, no, that's not who we are. Even though sometimes we think we should, especially if it's our teenager. We wouldn't do that on purpose. But listen, when Jesus says look down on, think about it this way. Have you ever maybe devalued a youth? Ooh, that one stings a little bit. Maybe disesteemed or think little of them. See, I have caught myself as a youth pastor even doing that. So I know that maybe some of us in the audience are doing that, right? Like, oh, we don't need them over here. Oh, no, they're loud. That's what I said. They don't pay attention. They're not focused. And I'm trying to pull them away. Well, guess what I'm doing? I'm devaluing them. And based on the scripture, I need to learn that that's not what I do because I just devalue Jesus. Because in the scripture it says if I lift up or if I look down, I'm, I'm receiving them as who? Him. And that's what I want us to learn today. We can stop the statistics, but it don't come from just us implementing a new youth pastor and implementing how we do this is because our hearts change. It's because we start to see them and love them as Jesus would see and love them. That's what makes a difference. I mean, think about it. The statistics right now are telling us, and, I'm, and some of those were old statistics. It's probably worse now. But the Bible's telling us that they're leaving the church in droves and we don't do anything to change it. We don't do anything to stop it. We're not trying to change something. And, and, and I know that we have a you know, good youth program, so I know we can't blame that. But listen, there is something you can do. I pray, I pray this morning that you not only hear what I'm saying, but... For the first time, you realize that we have a, a scriptural responsibility to help the students and youth develop faith that lasts. We can stop 
the statistics. Now, I know you're sitting there going, yes, yes, Pastor Chris, let's do this. I want to stop it. What do we do? How? How do I do it? Well, that's a good thing I'm here. There's a lot more than the five I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you five right now, and we'll explain a little bit of them, and um, we'll, we'll stop the statistics. All right, first one, worship beside them. I'm going to say it loud and proud, worship beside them. The best helper is someone that shows you how to do it, that's in the midst. So if there's students around you, and, they're, and you're sitting there... Amen. Do you think that's the best example to a student who's sitting over there wanting to play on his phone? Ooh, you're right, that isn't. In fact, um, I love, that's why I bring my students down to the front, if you want to know. Because even if they walk to the front, that's a movement. They're doing something. Does it make sense? Like, instead of sitting down in a chair... They're doing something. And then what happens is, is if me and Sarah, thank you, babe, go down there and we start raising our hands and worshiping, if we start, if we start clapping because it's a praise song or whatever, guess what they end up doing? Do you think they sit there and look at us like, you are crazy? They might do that at first, but then guess what they do? They look around, other students start doing it, and then they'll sit, they're like, well, I better start clapping. I look like an idiot. And so then all of a sudden, you are learning. You're rubbing off. You're teaching. What did it say in the Bible? Iron sharpens iron, right? I think that if we worship beside them, we might be a good model for them to worship. Now, it don't just end in music. Now, some of you guys are like, oh, yes, I do. I love worshiping. Woo! Mm. And I'm like, good, I'm glad. But what happens is the scripture comes along and somebody's reading the word and all of a sudden um, you're, you're like on your phone. And you think we think you're looking for the scripture when really you're just browsing Facebook or something. Because but there we can see. You know that, right? There's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, for real? <laughs> But no, listen, when the scripture's being read, listen, I don't know about you guys, but if, if the scripture's being, if he says, let's go to this and read this, I don't know about you, but how about maybe we grab this Bible or our phone, I'm okay with that, and you stand up, we're about to read the scripture. When you stand up, guess what happens around you? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, the church stands up. Is that, uh, is that too old-fashioned? Well, guess what we're doing? If we stand up and we hold the Bible or the phone, whatever, and we're reading along with the pastor or whatever, all of a sudden our students are going to see that. They're going to take note. They're going to remember, Pastor Chris stands up when the Word said, so it must be important. Do you see where I'm going with this? There's, what's happening in our church is the statistics are reflecting how we're acting as an adult. Now, listen, I also, now, see, I'm going, some of you guys, well, I do, I do, you know, the Scriptures. Well, listen, there's other ways. How about in offering and giving? Ooh, I just heard some people. I don't know, though. We had a pretty good bunch. I thought, I was like, man, if everybody's coming to get saved, it was given offering. We just had a good service. But isn't that true? Let me tell you what I do. When I can, I always hand my kids money, too, right? Or I'll hand them my money. Say, hey, go run that up for me. Run it up. I, love, I actually like this instead of it coming by. Because when you are running up to give an offering and put it in the plate, you're actually showing everybody else, this is what I should be doing. This is it. This is how we do it. And guess what you're training your students to do? The same thing. Look at it as a privilege when your student looks at you and says, Dad, can I have a dollar? 
Yes, son. Hold on. Let me get, I don't have, let me, let, we don't have that. Let me go to the app and just, show, here, come here, come here. We're going to go to the offering, giving, boom, boom. I don't have cash, but we're doing it right now. You want to hit send? You want to hit submit? Do you see where I'm going? We can teach our kids these things. And as we do it, we're teaching them how to be out of the statistic. Y'all still love me? You see why I don't like this lesson? Number two. Everybody say number two. Simply introduce yourself to them. That is so weird, Pastor Chris. I... I'm not just going to grab somebody and introduce myself. Listen, let me tell you something. When you partner with parents, when you partner with people, when you introduce yourself to students, it might be awkward from the get-go. I'm going to be honest. It is kind of weird saying, hey, I'm Chris. I just want to introduce myself. Glad you're here. But as you introduce yourself, what you're doing is you're opening a line of communication, Right? So then the second time you see them, you say, hey, it's Chris, you, you're so-and-so, right? You, you're Jenny, right? Okay, you, you're Matthew, right? Guess what? You remembered their name. Guess what you just did? You just deposited something. Does anybody get where I'm going with this? Come on, guys. And, and then Matthew, then guess what? Then, then maybe, maybe you like to hunt. And you say, hey, hey, Matthew, do you like to hunt? And Matthew would be like, I've never hunted in my life. You know, I'm stuck to the Xbox. I don't know what hunting is. <laughs> and then I got parents going, he is preaching today. Hallelujah. But all of a sudden, instead of the, the dad who is vesting in your son, you have another man that's saying, hey, do you want to go hunting with me? Your dad can go, I'm not trying to rake you to take you from and rake him out of the family. No, you, let's go hunting. And all of a sudden, you're building these relationships. Now, lady, I'm not leaving you out. You could look at, hey, you want to go shopping? You know, my favorite place is a thrift store. Guess what? Kids are going to be awesome because they love thrift stores now. It's crazy. You go into a Goodwill, and there's 17 kids and two adults. I mean, so don't be afraid to take them shopping. And some of you ladies can teach these things, too, about shopping. Sarah could really do it because she does a wonderful job. You know, she don't do like I do. You know, where you walk in, you say, I need a pair of jeans. That looks good. Boom. You know, no, she's like, these are $70. No, thank you. And she goes and finds a better deal. And I'm like, thank you, baby. I'm so glad I'm married to you because we have more money. We can go eat at Chick-fil-A. So I want you, ladies and gentlemen, to not be afraid to introduce yourself to a student. Yes, at first it's going to be awkward, but do it. And then the second time, remember that name. Don't let it go by. Say, hey, it's so good to see you again, Matthew. Hey, hey, I'm glad you're here. And then one day, who knows, they might ask you to even pray for them because they don't want to tell their dad they're going through something or their mom. Now, this is the one that's number three. Everybody say number three. All right. Now, this one's the one everybody's going to be like, I I did like him up to now. No, sir. Volunteer. Now, I know if we had Miss Amy in here, she'd be like, praise the Lord. She'd faint, faint, you know, because she needs help, you know. But I'm being honest with you guys. Volunteer. Don't be afraid. We have nurseries. We have kids' church. We have youth. We have trips. Listen, you don't have to go every time. I love this church for that. You know what? When I went to, to Sunday school, when I, was, I had the same Sunday school for 40 years. You hear me? 
But here it's not the case. You're, you go and you, you can have one for, you know, for what is it, six, seven months or maybe less, four months, whatever it is. And then the next time you have it, it's somebody different. Dude, I love it. And that's what is awesome about this facility and this, this um, pastor is that he don't, you know, handcuff you to the room. So don't be afraid to volunteer. Now, I, I can't spend time with youth. Well, listen, there's something you can do for the youth. There's something you can do for kids. I can't stand kids. They spit up all over the place and babies. Okay, well then, can you ask maybe the people in there, is there something I can get you? Are you depleted in anything? You know, I want to make sure that you're well stocked. Do you need some toys? Do you need, there's, you don't have to be in there to help. You just have to help. And it's the same way in the kids, man. When they're over there screaming and hollering, have you ever heard them when pastor's speaking? I'm like, Lord, have mercy. They just threw somebody off the stage or something. But you need to be over there helping. Yes, and then what's awesome about Miss Amy is she don't have you in there every Sunday. So you still get to come in and hear the word. You just get to go over there once or twice a month, and that's it. Or maybe less. I don't, I don't know her schedule. She does that. I do youth. You're, you're handcuffed in my youth department, though. You come, you're done. I've adopted you to the family, right? Christy, Miss Christie's back there going, yes, that's true. I've been there forever. <laughs> we have a good time, though, so. All right. Okay. All right. So if y'all forgot, ADD, number three was volunteer. Don't be afraid to help out. Number four. Y'all supposed to say number four. My youth ain't even helping me out. Number four, number four. All right, number four. Pray for them. Ask them if there's anything you can help them pray about. I'm telling you guys, you don't understand that when you go up to somebody and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Is there anything I'm praying for specific? Is there anything I can join in with you in prayer about? I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I know life's hard. I know school's hard. I know that that test you're taking is hard. I've been through it. I'm letting you know I'm praying for you. Guess what? All of a sudden, they're like, Did he just say he's praying for me? And guess what? They, at first, they'll walk around with that question mark on top of their head. You know what? Stranger danger, stranger danger. <laughs> Which is why you're supposed to introduce yourself to them, right? <laughs> but when they're going through something tough and they feel like their mom and dad ain't listening, they might say, you know what? That old man at the church said he's praying for me and they'll remember it it's like a nail in the you just made a moment and they're gonna be like i'm gonna go next time he asks i'm telling him everything i'm gonna tell him how my girlfriend just don't like me no more and you have to listen guys it's it's awful i know you'll be like there's a hundred girls out there no don't say that say oh it's so bad i know it hurts right here, don't it? Yes. Inside, you're wanting to go, get over it. <laughs> but you can. You got to love them, right? Love them through it, right? <laughs> Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Y'all cried three or four times to your youth pastor. So, am I doing all right? Are we doing good? Does anybody feel like they're learning anything? I feel like I'm even learning something. I'm a youth pastor. This is ridiculous. I shouldn't be learning. I came up with this thing. All right, so number five. Wait, what was number four again? I want everybody to say it. What was number four? Pray. Pray. Yes, y'all are the best students. Y'all are way better than students. They yell out the wrong stuff all the time. I'm like, that's close. I do that all the time. 
oh, sorry, that's not it. Philip Cox, what is it? <laughs> Am I right, Philip? He's back there going, yes. He calls me all the, all the time. That and Ian. Ian Harry's my other go-to. What is it? Help them out because they're, they're struggling. Number five. Everybody say number five. Perfect. How about this? Stay connected. Now, hmm, what does that mean, Pastor Chris? Well, listen, when you introduce yourself, when you pray for them, when you get to know them, when you take them hunting, fishing, shopping, whatever, maybe it's just driving around in your car when the wind is down, especially if you've got a convertible. You can put the top back. But anyway, that's going to a whole other different level. Number five, stay connected. What do you mean, Pastor Chris? Well, listen, most of these statistics deal with the fact that when a student leaves the church, well, how do they leave the church? Usually it's because they go to school. In fact, 75% of them go away most of the time. Even if it's not that far, it's still away. They don't attend church because of that. Well, listen, when they go, stay connected. Well, what does that look like? Well, it's easy. You get their cell phone. You text them. You call them. You get their email. You email them. You know what's really cool to students in college? Care packages with chocolate in them or candy or whatever. You want me to tell you my favorite care package when I was in college? And the entire dorm of 190 boys enjoyed this care package. My grandmother, um, who passed away, Grandma Weeks, we called her Mama Weeks, she would send me a box that weighed like 75 pounds. It was was ridiculous. But inside of it, listen to this. Some of you guys were about to shout with me. There would be freshly mason-jarred canned vegetable soup. Awesome vegetable soup. I'm talking about everything in it, you know, everything. When I say vegetable soup, it wasn't just vegetables. There was some meat in there. You know, it was good. And I would, she would send me six to eight of those at a time in those big old, I don't know what size they are. I'm not that smart, um, but they were about that big. And listen, I would get those in, and then on top of it, she would vacuum seal something, you know, I don't know. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Cornbread on top of that. And she'd send that stuff, and I would open it up, and it was like it yelled to everybody. Third floor of my dorm would hear it. I'd be like, and they'd be like, boom. And then I'd go, you know, because they do that. when You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? Am I that old that you don't understand what a mason jar is? But I'd be like, I'd pull that, and then I'd get my little fork. And when it did that noise, it was like, Chris, what? Did your grandma sing care package? Did your grandma say, did she get some vegetable soup? Let me have some soup. And I think it's because we were starving. I really do. <laughs> you know, you just smell food from miles away, you know. You're like, care package. Vegetable soup. It's got sausage in it this time. You know, they're running down. But we would heat up that, that soup and eat it. And they were like, listen, you could do the same thing. It didn't cost mom and grandma hardly anything. And she would send that. Now, the package probably cost $50. I didn't think about that till right now. But, I mean, because it was heavy. <laughs> See my ADD. That's why I'm a youth pastor right there. But that package, she'd send it. And I would sit there, and I would, and that's something that I was connected. You know, I was connected with my grandma. I was connected. You could do the same thing. You could send gift cards. they in a little envelope. Chick-fil-A. They love Chick-fil-A. Any fast food, actually, I think they like it. Some of them love Taco Bell more than Chick-fil-A. And I'm, like, praying the spirit against that because that is not good, but you could send gift cards, you could send letters, you could send money. Lord have mercy, you would be like the angel that came from heaven if you sent them some money. And it could be like $20. In college, that's a lot. 
but stay connected. All right, so my challenge for you today is this. Not just read these statistics that people keep coming out with, but to do something about it. Don't let our students become a part of it. See, here at Christ Chapel, we can, we can go and, and just decide that that's not how we're going to do it and realize there's five things that I can do. I might not be able to change diapers, but I can do something. I might not, I can introduce myself. I might, I might like to just watch the football game. Well, you can invite someone to do that with you. You know, there's so many things you can do. You, all five things. And I promise you, if you do those five things, along with pastor doing his thing, the youth pastor doing his thing, the youth workers doing their thing, and all these working in conjunction, guess what happens? We stop the statistic. So that's my challenge for you today. Let's work hard at changing the statistic here at Christ Chapel. Now I've got Luke Cox. He's going to come and close for us tonight in prayer, or today. So y'all give him a hand as he comes up. Lord, we just come to you today, and we just thank you for this wonderful time together, and we just thank you for your house and the Lord, and we just thank you for stopping the statistics, and we just ask you to help us stop the statistics with you, and we just thank you for all the wonderful blessings, and we just thank you for all the wonderful doors you open for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've been left out